I'd like to first start off by welcoming Father Andy Davey. He just arrived a couple days ago and has been transferred here from St. Mary's in Plano, where I was uh, a vicar. That was my first assignment as a priest, and so it's a special blessing to be reunited here with Father Andy here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy. He was my mentor there. Now uh, I'm the rector here, so it's kind of turned a little bit, but I will continue going to Father Andy because he is a very special priest and we're very blessed to have him. He will be the postulant moderator and prefect of students here for the seminarians assigned at the shrine during the year or throughout the summer. And he is also uh, one of the 46 Eucharistic preachers for the UCCB during this time of uh, Eucharistic revival. So sometimes he will be going on missions for preaching for, on behalf of the bishops. Uh, but most of the time, he will be here, and uh, we look forward to very blessed ministry uh, that we pray he has here. So welcome, Father Andy. Today is All Souls Day. Yesterday, we commemorated all the saints, those named and unnamed, but today we continue to commemorate all the faithful departed even those not quite yet in heaven yet. And that's something that the church constantly reminds us, that not all go straight to heaven. Not all go to hell, not all go straight to heaven. So then, what else is there? And the church teaches us about purgatory, being that kind of uh, antechamber, that room in which we prepare to enter into heaven. Because what did our Lord say? Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And how many of us can say we are perfect in this life? When the church baptized us. We were given a white garment saying, receive this garment and pray that you may keep it unstained before you appear before the judge, the just judge. How many of us can say we have kept our white garment, our baptismal garment, completely unstained. None of us, and that's why we go to confession, right? We are given this grace to keep re-wiping our white garment clean. But even then, we still make satisfaction for our sins. And that's why, you know, someone who has a deathbed conversion, we always praise God that they finally, even in their dying moments, finally turned to the Lord and repented. But even then, where is the justice in that? If they were a terrible sinner, you know, imagine someone like, even like Hitler, you know, if let's say he had a deathbed conversion and then he just went straight to heaven, we would say, where's the justice in that? Well, purgatory tempers and brings about that justice. Love is tempered 
by justice, justice is tempered by love through purgatory. It is that opportunity to make satisfaction for the injustices we made during this life. But even more importantly is the opportunity to make satisfaction here and now. St. John of the Cross said, we are given all the opportunities by divine providence to enter into heaven, straight into heaven when we die. But how many of us actually take advantage of all the graces to do so? St. Augustine believed that the least suffering in purgatory, or all the, all the sufferings in purgatory were, are greater than the sufferings of all the martyrs. Think of all the tortures they underwent for martyrdom for the faith. St. Augustine believed that the purgatory suffering was even worse. St. Thomas Aquinas believed that the least suffering in purgatory was greater than the greatest suffering on earth. You can just think then with that kind of quote of the worst pain we ever experience, and St. Thomas says it's actually worse in purgatory. And so that's why the saints remind us, take advantage now of the graces we can to make reparation for our sins, and then to pray for the deceased, because they are going through great suffering. And this is a tradition that goes even before the Catholic Church, even our forefathers in the faith, the Jews, prayed for the dead. And we heard that in our second reading, our first reading from Second Maccabees, how Judas Maccabees uh, took up a collection amongst his soldiers to make a sacrifice of expiation for their fallen soldiers, their fallen comrades. Because as they were burying them, burying them, they found these amulets of these pagan idols on them. And so they still had hope that they would be raised up to the resurrection of the living, but they knew it was important and wholesome thing to pray for the dead that, as we heard, they might be freed from their sins. So purgatory, then, is a place of mercy. You know, the Lord tells us in the book of Revelation, nothing undefiled shall enter into heaven. Nothing undefiled. And yet, any venial sin we commit stains our baptismal garment. And so, this is a place of mercy in that even though we are still sinners, we have this chance to still be purified, to still be made completely pure and holy like our Father in heaven. And the poor souls themselves 
still have this great hope because they know they are in heaven. There's still a certain joy even in the midst of their suffering because they know they are on their way to heaven. They are right there. They're saints. The poor souls in purgatory are saints because they are destined for heaven. That's why they're also called holy souls. They can no longer sin. And so they're called poor souls because they cannot help themselves. And that is why it's so important to pray for them that they might be purified. Our Lady of Fatima told Lucia when she asked about two of her friends who had passed away at a young age, she asked Our Lady, uh, you know, what, is, what became of so-and-so and so-and-so? She said one of her friends is in heaven, and then she said another one of her friends is in purgatory and will remain there until the end of time. What did a child do to deserve that? That is the mystery of sin. And only God can read our hearts. And even then, that doesn't mean that her friend actually is even still in purgatory. Because what happened with Jonah, right? The Lord told him to tell the people of Nineveh, you know, in 40 days' time, your city will be destroyed. Well, did that come true? No, because they repented. And so it is the same for us and for that girl. She might be destined to have been in purgatory until the end of time, but Lucia and the prayers of others frees her. And that is why we pray for the deceased, that they might be made white in their baptismal garment. You know, there's three liturgical colors we could have worn today. Uh, white, purple, which is that color of, uh, of sorrow and mourning or penance, and black. And black hasn't been seen as much uh, in recent years, but it really actually was the only color available beforehand for uh, masses for the dead, except for masses for children, because before the age of reason, uh, you know, especially before four years old, it's, it's not really possible for them to sin. And so white was worn at their funerals. But black was a reminder, it was a you know, color symbolizing sorrow. You know, just like we, uh, you know, there's a tradition to wear black at funerals. Well, there's that sorrow, but then it's usually accented either with white, like Father Andy has on his chasuble, or, or gold, like on mine here, because of that reminder of that hope that we have of our heavenly glory, or the poor souls we pray for today, that even though they still have stains on their baptismal garment, there's still that hope with that gold or white. They are on that track, and we're praying for them. And so black can be a, a helpful, concrete reminder for us to pray for the deceased. Uh, you know, just like other colors kind of triggering us uh, awareness for something. Uh, you know, think of like pink 
for breast cancer awareness. You know, football players uh, during, uh, forget which month it is, October or November, they're wearing pink gloves, pink shoes, and people wonder why, why are these football players wearing pink? It doesn't match their football uniforms. Well, it raises awareness for breast cancer. And so the same way for us, uh, the church can remind us to pray for the deceased. And this is, again, tradition going back even before the church and continued in the Roman catacombs. There was prayers written uh, on there for the deceased. And at Mass, there's always prayers for the deceased, especially in the, the Eucharistic prayer. And that first Eucharistic prayer, uh, there's a point where uh, the priest prays for the living, but then after the consecration, prays for the deceased. And you might see him uh, pause. And that's the time then to call, that he calls to mind anybody that is deceased and remember them at the altar. And that's a great point for you when you're assisting at Mass to also call to mind any deceased loved ones or even those you heard who passed away in the news to remember them here at the altar. For the Mass is the greatest means of helping the poor souls in purgatory because it's that sacrifice of Christ, his sacrifice, which, which washed away our stains of sin. And St. Hall Souls Day, then, is a great time in which we especially emphasize praying for the deceased. And it's actually the only day, other than Christmas, that a priest is able to celebrate three Masses. The default is one, except for pastoral reasons. Uh, you know, priests will celebrate more Masses for the people. Uh, but this is the only day, other than Christmas, in which a priest can offer up three masses because the church knows just how beneficial the mass is for the poor souls in purgatory. And then, of course, uh, our prayers, the rosary, the chaplet, divine mercy, the eternal rest granted to them prayer, all these different ways of praying are great means of helping the poor souls. From November 1st to November 8th, is that uh, special time in which the church grants a plenary indulgence for all of us who visit a cemetery and pray there. And then in accordance with the, the usual conditions of plenary indulgence. Visiting a cemetery always brings a partial indulgence, but a plenary indulgence that we can apply to a deceased loved one uh, is given during November 1st through November 8th. So during this next week, try to make an effort to visit a cemetery and pray for the dead there. And it's also a good practice to always visit the graves of our loved ones, to sprinkle holy water on there, light a candle for them at a church, to remember to pray for them. There's many uh, stories in which uh, people are reminded to pray for their deceased relatives. I remember in, uh, in Rome, 
when we went for the canonization of our founder, St. Stanislaus, there was a church there that had a museum of purgatory, poor souls. And there was a story there of a lady, or, or uh, a man in the 1700s where they had a nightgown of his with a burn mark, a hand burn mark on his arm, right where the arm would be. And the testimony there was, he said, uh, one night his mother, who had recently passed away, appeared to him and had asked for the masses that were to be said, according to the will, to be actually offered up. He was neglecting his duty. And he actually confessed that for a couple weeks, he was hearing noises at night. He was being kind of frightened uh, that someone else was in the house. And it was a reminder, uh, you know, it was his mom trying to get his attention. And so finally, after he just kept ignoring, she burned his arm to remind him, please pray for me. St. Stanislaus, our founder, who you can be seen here in this image, offering up Mass here with other Ma uh, Marians. This image uh, showing the Marians offering up their prayers with the Chapel of Ten Virtues and the Blue Scapular for the poor souls in purgatory. He himself saw poor souls. There was once when he was an army chaplain in uh, Poland, in the 1670, he received a vision of deceased soldiers asking for his intercession. And there was another time in which he had a vision of purgatory, so much so that he locked himself in his cell for three days, praying and fasting, telling the other Marians with him, you don't know how much the poor souls suffer. Pray for them. And there was another time in which he made a pilgrimage asking for uh, the grace of good health. While on that pilgrimage, his health actually declined. But then, as he thought what he was on his deathbed, he saw, again, purgatory. And just how much uh, the, the graces were needed for poor souls there. And so Our Lady told him that if he continued to live longer, to continue praying for the poor souls unceasingly. And so that's why the Marians especially have a special charism to pray for the poor souls, especially to see soldiers and victims of plagues or epidemics. And even in the beginning, we would pray the office for the dead every day on top of the rest of the liturgy, the hours. Now uh, we pray on Mondays during ordinary time. But it's a good reminder for us to pray for the deceased. Even St. Faustina was sometimes visited by uh, poor souls. One time, one of her religious sisters who had passed away uh, came to visit her, and she said in her diary that she appeared in a terrible condition with her face painfully distorted. And so St. Faustina, that made her redouble her efforts to pray for her soul. And then the next night, that sister visited her, even in a more horrible state, which astonished St. Faustina. And she learned that her prayers didn't seem to have helped that poor sister. But so St. Faustina kept praying and kept praying. And some time later, 
that soul of the religious sister appeared, and her face was now radiant, beaming with joy. And that sister told St. Faustina that she had a true love for her neighbor and that many souls had profited from her prayers. And before she left, she urged St. Faustina to not cease praying for the souls in purgatory. And those poor souls who can't help themselves, they are able to give us at least one thing, gratitude, and actually prayers. They can pray for us, but they can't pray for themselves. So the more we pray for the poor souls, the more they can help us. They can even help us, just like our guardian angels can. And, you know, I think I shared, you know, maybe your guardian angel uh, protects you in ways that you don't know. Well, even poor souls can. Uh, you can be driving, and there might be uh, a green light that you pass through, thinking everything is okay, nothing happened. Well, you might what have not known is a poor soul could have woken up a driver who had fallen asleep and that was going to run through the red light and T-bone you. There's times in which you don't even realize the ways that they help you. And so as you pray for the poor souls, they are praying and assisting you in ways that even the saints, uh, like the saints can. And Fulton Sheen reminds us that when we die and we're on our way to heaven and we see certain souls coming to us, the first ones coming to us, he said, are not our, our loved ones, he said, are going to be those souls that we prayed for in purgatory. Those poor souls in purgatory are going to be so grateful that they're going to be the first ones coming to you. And then they can number even in the thousands. And so today in All Souls Day, we especially pray for all the deceased, all those who are in most need of the Lord's mercy, those who have recently passed away, our loved ones, and all those uh, that we have heard, uh, whether in the news or from friends that have passed away. May they all rest in peace. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? 
Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.